Welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Doug, what's going on today? Well, uh, the Supreme Court is listening to a case right now they're going to probably rule on in the next month or so um, about a high school football coach uh, who was praying, and uh, it's kind of gone through the the court system and now it's up to the Supreme Court. But um, uh, right now, the the sentiment is out there that it's um, looking pretty good that the Supreme Court is that they're favoring, it seems, the coach's position, um, which is a good thing because it's uh, they're saying that um, it's private speech, what he does, you know, out there after the game. I mean, he's got a right to be able to pray. I mean, uh, he's not coercing students to play, and that, that's really the argument that they're hearing. And so uh, – you know, there some people are saying that prayers by teachers or coaches puts pressure on students for fear of grades or fear of participation in the game, you know, whatever. So, um, but uh, the guy's a former Marine, hoorah, and uh, he has uh, been coaching out there. Uh, I think it's Bremerton, I think is where it is at. Out in West. Washington. Yeah, right? Washington. And But here's what's interesting, the – the school district told him to stop the post-game prayers uh, because they're saying the Constitution, you know, has an establishment clause which prohibits the government from favoring one religion over another. You know, that's really not even accurate. If you go back and look, what they wrote that for was to not really favor one denomination of Christianity over the other. That's really was the whole thing that they were trying to deal with. And it's only in the modern era that that has really been changed to religion like a atheist or witchcraft or Buddhism or Islam or something else. It was really to keep one denomination like what happened in England with the church, you know, the church of England, they just didn't want that. But one of the players out there, uh, and by the way, this guy started coaching in 2008, and he just kind of made a commitment to God that win, lose, or draw, I'm going to uh, kneel by the sideline after the game and pray. And eventually, some players who were believers go, wow, that's cool. I want to go pray with a coach. I mean, that you are a football player, you know, I mean, that's you see it in the NFL. You see it in colleges. There are a lot of people that do that, but because he's a high school coach and one player's parent said their son felt like he either had to join in the prayer gathering or he wasn't going to get to play. Now, true or false, we don't know if that was really the case. A lot of times 
when word gets out, somebody just says, hey, that's not right. We don't want that to happen anymore. And so the school officials told him to stop. They said, you, you need to stop doing that. And he asked the school just to give him 15 seconds to, for silent prayer, not even a verbal prayer, just silent prayer. Um, and they came back and said, no, you can't do it. He said, okay, silent prayer when the students aren't even there. No, you can't do it. Instead, they said, we'll give you a private space to pray, or you got to wait till everybody's gone and it's you and nobody else out there. So where's the public display of your love for God? And, and you're, you're, you're saying, I'm going to pray. You know, I, I, I feel led to pray and I want to pray, not to put it on display in an ostentatious way, but just this is something that I made a commitment to God to do. And whatever inspired him to do it, he, he did it. And so he was eventually fired and they fired him and they said, because he did not, um, keep, uh, the school district's policy of violating that, that thing. He, he, he violated the policy. So it's Kennedy versus Bremerton school district and the Supreme court's ruling in, and, uh, you can pray for him. Uh, his, his name is, uh, joseph kennedy and uh pray for the the court as they do it um and um first liberty is the group that's defending him and uh and just we need to keep uh keep him there uh he said in an op-ed piece uh, in the wall street journal by the way that unless the supreme court rules in my favor Teachers could eventually be fired for just praying over their lunch in the cafeteria. What's the, I mean, if a court ruling comes down that says you can't, and he said that I don't think that's the Constitution that I served in the Marine Corps for, to fight and defend. So uh, he said, I want to get back on the field. So keep him in your prayers, and uh, and that's just something I think out in the news that we can pray for. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I've told you this before, maybe even mentioned it on there. When I was in high school, a similar controversy happened at the school that I was at. And, uh, you know, our coach at the time, I guess, decided to go about it a diplomatic way and, uh, you know, had a player lead the prayers. And so that kind of assuaged the the angry people, kind of deflected off him. But, yeah, there was a, you know, uh, play hard, pray harder. They printing off shirts and stuff at you know this was in 07 so well that outside of houston the group that does that i think right isn't it i think that that did that particular the shirts and all the stuff oh well we might have been before them because we just kind of ad hoc one of the coaches wives printed had them printed off at a shop uh. and uh and yeah so there was a player who was a jewish player who was disgruntled with um the his playing time i feel like uh, he kind of wanted some different, and so his parents pushed that out into the news, and from there there was a bit of a controversy until they found a way to defuse it. And um, as far as I know, they still are praying after games. It's just not led by uh, the coach anymore. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, but so that's something that's been going on. You know, that was 07. I mean, like well, I said. And, you, and there's probably multiple cases out there. I mean, people have been asked to stop doing that before. Remember, they made a big deal about Tebow doing mm-hmm. it as well, and. Uh, so the culture can squash that. Well, in fact, even on social media, when you start talking about prayer and Jesus and stuff, uh, a lot of times you don't get very positive responses. 
you know, some people are just nasty in their responses when you say you'll pray for them. Uh, you know, don't waste your time or whatever. And so uh, we just need to continue to remember that coach and his family, you know, because he, he got a big target on him when he continued to fight it because that's what happens a lot of times. And, you know, I admit when I, like when I first saw it, I thought about Daniel. I just thought mm-hmm. about telling, hey, you can't do that. And he's going, well, I'm going to keep doing it. And he opened the window so everybody could see. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is one place I'm not going to compromise on. And so kudos to the coach and thanks, uh, uh, you know, to, um, uh, is it first Liberty? I say first mm-hmm. Liberty for defending him and, uh, just continue to remember that another thing popped up out in Salt Lake city, usually a bastion of conservatism, at least in the sense of, uh, you know, even though it's, um, uh, uh, a highly, you know, highly Mormon area out there. It is, uh, it's, it's very conservative family values wise, but uh, there's a college out there named Westminster college. Mm. Uh, and they have an elective class. Now this is a class at a university where all they do is watch hardcore porn in the class. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, that's really something that, just it's terrible <laughs> first of all that they it's not art most of it is in fact there's a preacher who came out of the pornography business we talked about him a while back he was um, a pornography actor <laughs> got into being uh, an actor filmed over a thousand movies and uh, god called him out of that and now he's a preacher and he shares about how just terrible it is. Everybody in that movie system making those kind of movies are empty and that it's, it's not what people who view them see. It's just all canned and staged and everything. And he says, it's awful. The whole thing is awful. There's not really anything artistic about it. It's merely meant to release dopamine in people. And uh, and he said it was just awful. And especially in light of what's going on. And by the way, that reminds me, our guest on Thursday this week is a missionary named Allison Hale um, in the Dominican Republic. And um, she is going to be talking about their ministry down there. And uh, they have a ministry uh, where they help minister to trafficking trauma victims and help get them out. And uh, the ministry is called Mercy Ministry. Uh, But they have been in the Dominican Republic um, for a while, and uh, they've been helping these, these women who are prostitutes and down there and you know, it's just awful, the trafficking thing that goes on. I, I sh- uh, heard a story the other night of a young lady named Megan Connors. Um, when The Chosen, they did their, they did a live stream on Sunday. And if you haven't seen this video, I encourage you to just Google The Chosen and Megan Connors um, because she was a, an abused and trafficked young lady most of her life. 
And it was one of the saddest stories I've heard. But she came to Christ, and she's still battling in hospice right now. She's dying, but she's dying as a believer who is found by Jesus, and it's awesome. He didn't leave her as an orphan. So, Amen. All right, we're up against the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in just a moment. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors, Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us this week, we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. A short verse, but we started looking at it yesterday, and we will continue uh, looking into it today and tomorrow as well. Yes, and again, uh, our guest on Thursday is going to be Allison Hale, and uh, she is going to be sharing about her ministry in um, the Dominican Republic, that her and her husband have a that they help uh, with a church down there. Uh, her husband Gary, and uh, and back in two thousand and nine, I think it was about two thousand and nine, about twelve thirteen years ago, they founded a ministry called Mercy uh, Ministry, and what they do is try to help vulnerable women who are prostitutes down there and being uh, trafficked for sex in the Dominican Republic, and uh, she's going to share about that. And and uh, I think it would be really insightful uh, if you want to tune in on Thursday. You might not want your kids, so hmm. she, might, she might share some things that might be a little disturbing. i tell you, that video I saw the other night of Megan Connors was disturbing. It was one of the saddest things because uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of the movie Redeeming Love. Hmm. And I know you weren't a big fan of the movie as compared to the book. But, you know, I, I, I think that um, the culture we live in today, especially young men, have a very different view of what happens with that. that the testosterone kicks in and they think about sexual activity and in a, not a God-honoring way at all. And, and when you see the victimhood of some of these trafficked women, 
you know, in that movie, that girl was trafficked. Mm -hmm. I I forgot her character name, but, you know, she was trafficked. This lady in the video, Megan Connors, was trafficked and abused. These women that uh, Allison Hill helps are trafficked. And they're they're slaves. They're slaves and they can't get out. This girl in the video tried to get out and was beaten up several times every Mm -hmm. time she tried to leave. And that's just so wrong on every level. And I think about all the men that took advantage of her thinking, well, she's just doing a job. She likes it or she wouldn't do it. And it's not the case with most women. And uh, there's a lot of traffic, a lot of trafficking going on. And, and I'm glad to see that the church is starting to get involved there. You know, and Tim Tebow, his organization is doing a lot with that as well. And a lot of ministries are now because they realize that there are people in bondage there and, and they are, they're vulnerable. Um, a lot of them are either orphans or, 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 you know, they've, they've been kidnapped or taken out away. They've been sold. Some of them, uh, and then some of them aren't, but they get into it thinking it's just a way to make money. And then they're forced into drugs and then they're, they basically are held captive by pimps or people that their controllers are. So, and, um, in the video, and I know I'm going a little long on that, but I just, I think it's really important for us as men to, to be mindful of the, the victims that are out there all throughout scripture. Jesus, uh, had people that were vulnerable in his heart and, and God did in the old Testament widows and orphans the the you know the the sojourner the person who's wandering to take care of and as as this has become so much to the forefront now of of public discourse in a lot of ways in ways that it never used to be talked about i think people are starting to realize there's a really dark side to pornography that and and prostitution that people haven't really discussed it was stuff you talked about in the closets. And so uh, I, as men who are listening, if you're listening out there and you're a man, right, we need to be praying for more men of God to stand up for the victims in prayer and support the women who are ministering in these capacities to women uh, who are vulnerable. And there's ministries right here in Jacksonville that are doing that as well. So, um, so yeah, that, that's going to be Thursday, Allison Hale. I hope you'll tune in for that. Yeah. You know, we're in Acts chapter 16, looking at a, a, a man of God, Paul, who has picked up another younger man of God, Timothy. And uh, we were looking at yesterday, uh, what characteristics do you look for in future faith leaders? And as God's kingdom priest, he calls us to identify those future faith leaders and then to invest in them and invest our time, maybe our money, um, our, our resources to help encourage them because we're going to be off the scene at some point in the future and it's going to be entrusted to those men. Like, like what uh, Paul told Timothy, you know, Timothy, guard the good deposit, talking about the gospel and ministry that's been entrusted to you. You need to guard it and and use it to continue sharing. And so 
we, we were looking at that yesterday in Acts 16, 1 through 10. And because it's a, a fairly short passage, I'll probably just have you read verses 1 through 5 today as we uh, uh, kind of go back and look at uh, this, the the characteristics of a, a future faith leader that we want to look for when we're going to invest in those people. Because if you invest in the wrong people, and this was why Paul did not want to take John Mark, right, wrong, indifferent, he didn't feel like John Mark was the guy for him to invest in. And and that's hard for some people. Some people don't like that. Some people say that was wrong. Other people look at him and say, yeah, I can see why he made that choice. But we, we've we got to be selective. Jesus was selective. He didn't select everybody. In fact, there were people in John 2 that said they believed, but he didn't reveal himself to them because he says he, he knew their heart. And so when we identify future faith leaders, we need to be looking for characteristics. And we talked about yesterday God's sovereign hand, God's sovereign hand on Timothy. We know from uh, other accounts in the Bible, like uh, when Paul wrote Second Timothy or the second letter to Timothy, he talked about Timothy's mother Eunice and her mother, his grandmother Lois, how they taught him scriptures from a young age. And what's significant about that is Timothy's dad was a Greek, and he wasn't circumcised, but they taught him the scriptures. So he, he knew the covenant of God, even though he didn't follow the covenant of God. And there was the the fathers in that culture and the men in those cultures, they pretty much, you didn't have, and we're going to look at this this week at SWAT, the men um, pretty much, uh, the women or women didn't have the freedom to just arbitrarily choose which religion their children were going to be. The men were the ones that kind of established that. But apparently he made, a compromise to let them teach the scriptures. But he said, I'm drawing the line at circumcision. You're not going to circumcise him. That's ridiculous. You're not going to do it. And so he was never circumcised. Uh, But they did teach him the scriptures. The other thing they did was they gave him uh, a name honoring God. In fact, his name, Timo, Timo Theos, Timo means to honor Theos God. So you see God's sovereign hand as they raised him in the scriptures, they gave him this name, and um, and so the sovereign hand of God is on him. The other thing you see in verse 2 is uh, he had a good reputation. In fact, why don't you read verses 1 through 5 again, and we're going to kind of go back. Uh, just I just reviewed God's sovereignty as one characteristic on the person, his sovereign hand, but the other one is good reputation, and the third one is being teachable. And so we're going to look at these two today uh, as we uh, look at uh, verses 1 through 5 of Acts 16. All right. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. 
And so in verse 2, it says he was well spoken of by the brothers in uh, Lystra or Lystra and Iconium. Remember, Lystra, Iconium, and Derby with all, were all within about 60 miles of each other. They, they were villages and cities that uh, people would have known each other. And it says, obviously, they knew Timothy's reputation, and, and two of them mentioned there. And so Timothy, uh, we said yesterday, he just didn't know the scriptures in his head. He lived them out. He actually put God on display as he lived out this life of honoring God so that he had a good reputation there among the brothers. Even though he was the son of a Greek, they knew he was the son of a Greek, but he lived like a god fear. And so as we look at verse 3, Paul says to him something that probably shocks people when they first read it after reading uh, Acts 15, because in Acts 15, Paul is arguing against circumcision being added salvation. In fact, the Judaizers come up there and say, hey, you need to go tell them they're not really believers unless they're circumcised. And so Paul and Barnabas defend it. They go down to Jerusalem and argue. Uh, Peter weighs in. They end up getting a letter going back saying, okay, circumcision is not required. And so here we are. A chapter later, and Paul's circumcising Timothy, and people are scratching their head going, what's up with that? Well, Paul is raising up his replacement. He is investing in a guy who is going to replace him on the scene as a spiritual witness. And he's discipling him, not just in the sense of a learner. And for Timothy, circumcision wasn't for salvation. It was for outreach. It was for outreach. And when we come back, we're going to look at why that's important to what Paul did. Because Paul had ministry outreach when he was thinking about Timothy and discipleship. And we're going to see what that means when we come back. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10 this week. If you missed any of this program or you missed yesterday when we introduced uh, this chapter, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one in just about an hour ago or so. Excuse me. Again, that's the past programs link at www.swatradio.com. Um, 
so circumcision, Paul, does does he make a reversal here? Does he change his mind and go, well, we really should? No, he doesn't. He he has Timothy circumcised because he's raising up his replacement. And what's the first thing Paul did when he went into a city to evangelize? Went to the synagogues. He went to the synagogues. So imagine Paul going in with Timothy and a couple other guys. And the other guys were Silas at this point in Luke, right? And so, well, I don't think Luke's there yet, but he's about to be. So it's just, let's say it's Silas and Timothy. And all of a sudden, Paul and Silas go in, but Timothy, you stay here. And he waits outside. And they're like, okay, why is he not going in? He's dressed like a Greek. He obviously, why are these Jewish guys hanging around this Greek guy? You think he was dressed like a Greek? I believe he probably was because whatever his dad did was more than likely what he was doing. You know, I mean, like his dad had some kind of trade or did something, and his father was known in the city. The fact that he was known as a Greek, you know, he knew his father was a Greek. So uh, I think he, well, it doesn't say in Scripture that more than likely in that community they would have known him. But the other issue is if Paul was raising up his replacement, and the first place Paul went was to a synagogue and evangelize. How is he going to train Timothy to evangelize Jewish people if he doesn't get him in the synagogue? Because that's where the synagogue, that's where people engaged in spiritual conversation. You didn't see most Jewish people engaging in spiritual debate or talking about the text that much out in the public square like that. Well, and, and Paul was a, he called himself a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? I mean, so there's an element of like of legitimacy that comes with that. And then, you know, uh, Timothy, like who's this Greek come to talk to us well, where, it, where it, it's different when, you know, if you're, if you got the bona fides, if, as they say. Yeah. And the other thing is more than likely when he started following Paul, he started following mm-hmm. and dressing probably like his rabbi because every good student would want to be like their rabbi. Um, and so the thing that Paul is about, oh, is not just getting information to Timothy. He wants to model and deploy him. He wants him to be a part of it. It's kind of like when we go and we do food distributions with food share and we're praying for people and sharing the gospel with people. I don't want to be the only one sharing with people in cars the gospel. I want guys from SWAT to go down there and watch how I do it a few times and then say, okay, now you do it, and and have them start doing it. And Paul was the same way because it's not just about a Bible study, getting people to understand the truth. It's about a mission, a continuing mission. And finding people. And so Paul saw the circumcision of Timothy as a a vital component to the outreach Timothy was going to have later on. He wanted Timothy to be able to go into the synagogue, and he could, as a God-fearing proselyte who was circumcised. Um, Would So how does, this is kind of maybe a tangent, but 
would he be considered Jewish because his mother was Jewish? Like, is that how Judaism, like it, it he would be considered down? a half breed, like a Samaritan maybe, or, or, you know, a half breed. Remember the Samaritans intermarried with the Babylon or the Assyrians, I think. And mm-hmm. so they were considered kind of a half breed, but they were considered better than pagans. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but Paul says in first Corinthians nine to the Jew, I became as a Jew in order to win the Jews to those under the law became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law that I might win those under the law to the weak. I became weak that I might win the weak. He says, I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. And so Paul's goal in doing this was to take down barriers that would have been there for Timothy to be discipled as a uh, Telmed versus being discipled as a Mathetes, a learner. Mm. A Greek learner just got the information most of the time. When, when somebody in the Greek way of thinking, a student just learned what their teacher knew. In the Hebrew mindset, the student wanted to be exactly like the teacher. Paul was circumcised. He went into the temple. So Timothy got circumcised at Paul's direction, by the way. Timothy didn't volunteer to do that. Timothy didn't go, okay, I guess I need to get circumcised. It says Paul led him. In fact, specifically, uh, it says that Paul took him and circumcised him. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall of that conversation because mm-hmm. Timothy was an older young man. He wasn't a kid. He was probably adolescent, maybe mid-teens, late teens. So it was not, it wasn't um, something that, I mean, you were in pain for two or three days after that. If you remember Shechem in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. when uh, they slew the whole city because of what they did to Dinah, um, who was it? Was it uh, Reuben and uh, Levi did that? Or uh, Simeon and Levi? Yeah. Who, it was, who was the oldest? Was Reuben the oldest or Simeon? I, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm a little. I think it's Reuben. Yeah. Um, I used to know. Now I, Simeon, Reuben, Reuben, Simeon. I'm trying to get that order in my head, but um, but it was number two and three. <laughs> it was dash two and three. I know Levi was one of them, but. They circumcised everybody in the city of Shechem, and it says they were in pain. So this was not this was not casual discipleship here. You know, this was uh, this was heavy duty stuff. And Timothy was teachable, and that's one of the things that you look for a characteristic you look for when you're identifying future faith leaders is teachability. People that don't just um, want to learn they're actually teachable and when i I remember going through flight school uh, i uh, met a a guy when i was well i met a guy when he was a instructor in my hometown my wife used to babysit for him and so i met him and i thought it was a cool thing when i was getting ready to get in the marine corps because these guys were captains and you know which they seemed so much older than me. They were in their 30s, you know, really. Mm-hmm. And here I was, like 
21 years old, 22 years old. And uh, then I go to the basic school up at Quantico, and I'm getting ready to go to flight school, but I'm all concerned because the attrition rate in flight school is pretty high. People go, a lot of people go in. You see officer and a gentleman. I mean, a lot of people go in, but not a lot of people come out. And um, so I was really just thinking about that and uh, wondering if I was going to make it and and trying to find out information while I'm on the beach down in Virginia uh, one weekend with Lori and we uh, are down there and we see friends of ours, the same people that uh, were in our hometown where we grew up. And he's a major now. So he's like in his 40s. He went on to become commandant of the Marine Corps. He's actually hmm. he was at my wedding. Hmm. Uh, but at the time, he was a major. And I remember asking him, we're having hot dogs on the beach. And I say, you know, I just say, how do I get through flight school? Like, what's the most important thing? And I'll never forget, he just looked me dead in the eye and he said, Doug, put his hand on my shoulder. He said, if you're teachable, you can do anything. He said, just be teachable. Go to flight school. Don't, don't take what the instructors say. Forget how they say it, but listen to what they say. Because what happens a lot of times, even in the Christian life, we get really upset when um, we're told we have to do something uncomfortable. We're told we're that, that you know we need to go do something that requires sacrifice. Uh, sometimes when we get rebuked, we get uh, exhorted. We don't like it. Uh, maybe we don't like the person doing it to us. Maybe whatever it is, and we become unteachable. Um, and the teachability part of Timothy you can see throughout Paul's letters to him that Paul, you know, Paul protected Timothy early on. He didn't do, I think this was a protective thing even for Timothy because Paul knew what lay ahead. So he was not only preparing him to see him model ministry to Jewish people, but he was also protecting him in somewhat because this was going to be a barrier if he didn't circumcise. But Timothy was teachable. And I think the teachability thing is a huge thing for us as guys today that, um, are we really teachable? Um, the teachability factor for a lot of people has been ruined by social media and we do things that you would have never done 20 years ago. You say things you would have never said. You feel an entitlement to, because you're able to access information but you haven't gained knowledge of that information through personal experience. And so what happens is we have a lot of people that think they know things, but they don't really know. They know about things, but they've not experienced them and they speak authoritatively and it makes them feel empowered with knowledge maybe, but it's not knowledge like our fathers and grandfathers knew from actually doing it, living it, uh, studying themselves. I mean, I, I bet if you just did YouTube today, just go on and randomly look at YouTube guys speaking about the Bible, speaking about stuff. A lot of guys just go out and gather a lot of information without really doing even Bible study. They just get what all these authors say, quote them, and put it out there. And, and so teachability is a huge thing. So God's sovereign hand, Good reputation, teachability. Timothy had them all. 
And Paul says, this is the guy I want to invest in. And so he takes him with him. Yep. All right. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, when you you think about uh, teachability, uh, it, it really, someone who's teachable is someone who acknowledges their own limitations and they realize that they make mistakes and they can't figure it out. We can't, we, we need help. It's, it's a humility that says, wow. In fact, when Paul wrote to Timothy, when he wrote him Second Timothy, his pastoral letter, a very personal um, pastoral, pastoral letter, he's reminding Timothy in chapter 3, Timothy, you've followed my teaching. I mean, he's, t- he's saying you, you were teachable. You followed my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my persecutions, my steadfastness and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. This is where he's at. Timothy was there. I I, I believe Timothy probably either saw Paul stoned or saw him immediately after. that. Had I believe that had an impact on him. Which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. And he says, all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted and he goes on and he gives us this verse that we are all taught as young kids if you grow up in the church, that all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for what? For teaching, 
for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So Paul is is saying to Timothy, you are a teachable guy. And teachable people acknowledge their weakness. They acknowledge that they need the grace of God. When, when we become prideful and we think we've got it figured out, and this was what uh, Major Amos said about flight school guys, which students going through, the worst time we see at flight school is when people come in with prior flight time mm. and they don't want to do what we tell them to do because they've learned a different way. And it's so hard for people, even in the Christian life, if you grow up in a, a denomination or a, a, a church that has taught you wrongly, you have become familiar with wrong teaching. And it's hard sometimes to acknowledge, wow, I believed wrongly. I look back in my own life, I think there were things, many things that I've, I've, I've believed wrongly about. Uh, just because I didn't understand the context of Scripture. And so as we think about God's Word, we always want to be teachable. When we're following him, we always want to be teachable. Paul saw that in Timothy, and I think that was a huge quality for him to be looking for, and it's what we should look for in young future leaders, God's sovereign hand, good reputation, and teachability. So... um, Guess I called. They 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 didn't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, so yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, do Do you uh, see that in our culture today being a, a struggle for younger people, or do you think there there is a teachability? Uh, I think there's a struggle that goes both ways. Um, you know, and it, it's going to obviously be dependent on the person. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a a generational disconnect for sure and you know and that goes really if we want to talk about it in the most basis of fathers not being able to or not knowing how to or are being absent and not raising their sons into how to be men and then so uh you know obviously that creates a little bit of a, a wound there right and mm-hmm. instead of see a lot of people instead of seeking out help the, they get raised by youtube you know learn how to do things uh through youtube and, and miss some of the the richness and closeness of family and fellowship and, and some of the even just old uh, old wise man tips, right? Um, well, a teachable person values the ancient paths more than their liberty. And by liberty, I, I don't mean liberty in the sense that, listen, we're, we're, always, we're always a slave to something in this life. You can choose what you are enslaved to. Uh, a benevolent, good God. That's who I choose to be enslaved to. I, I, I want to serve him, not out of obligation, but out of love and, and thankfulness and gratitude. But a teachable person loves the Bible. A teachable person, because they, they know that the Bible is the only source of truth, that everything else, and that's why there's such an attack on biblical values in our culture as our culture continues 
to progress in a way that diminishes the Bible, diminishes Christians, diminishes God's truth. It diminishes his truth because we want to say we can do anything. We can have any view of, of sexuality. We can have any view of marriage. We can have any view of family. We can have any view of the way the church is run or the way the church ought to operate. Oh, oh the church says that there don't, you know, um, that w- men should be elders. Oh, but we're going to change that because we don't like that. That's an old traditional view, and that's chauvinistic and patriarchal. So we're going to do it our way. That's not teachability. That's saying, I'm going to do it my way. Now, we don't like unteachability in teenagers, but we uh, we accept it in our own lives. And being teachable is a great quality to look for, not only in young faithful leaders we want to invest in, but it's a thing that even in our own lives to be reminded of that am I teachable? Yeah, and, you know, I think there is a place, uh, you know, to be unteachable. As you were talking about those people who, you know, are saying basically straying from orthodoxy, they're being taught, they're being catechized by a, you know, basically by a satanic influence, right? And so in those instances, you have to be teachable to the truth, right, and unteachable to um, things that are going to stray from that. And, um, you know, you mentioned uh, liberty, um, and a lot of times we use liberty and freedom interchangeably, but you, you don't really hear people talk about liberty too much anymore, and, and that's because liberty, uh, you know, during the founding era was seen as the the freedom to do what you ought, the freedom to follow God's call um, and to, to fulfill your responsibilities. Um, so th- there was a little bit different there, and I think that's something that, you know, m- most people just want the freedom to, do whatever they want to and not the liberty to follow uh, Christ. So we got a caller. Uh, I missed who it was. Oh, oh, just call and say. Well, well, whoever called to say you like the program, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Um, it's always encouraging <laughs> that you guys are encouraged. Um, you know, as we think about teachability, just to kind of close this up as we get ready to finish the program today um when we stop being teachable the primary cause is that we forget what god's done for us if we're his i'm I'm talking to god's children out there now i'm not talking if you if you're an unbeliever then you haven't realized what he's done to be grateful for it but if you are a believer who has had your life change by the one true living God, Yahweh. If you are that person and you're not teachable, the cause is that you have forgotten what he's done for you. Like the children of Israel who wandered in the desert and complained, oh gosh, why did you bring us out here? They, they weren't teachable. He said, you stiff-necked people, you stubborn people. Don't you know what I've done for you? And when you stop being grateful, it's easy. Well, it's pride. It's just pride that says, you know what? I wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, our, our souls are a big deal. Our eternal destiny is a big deal. Our eternal relationship with the creator is a big deal. 
And God gave us eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us, to be his, and then gives us the privilege to serve him. That's a big deal because it says in Romans, even though we were sinners, he died for us. And uh, I I just, I'm impacted by just having a moment to reflect on that in my own life that how easy it is to to let our flesh creep up because these bodies that we walk around in they crave earthly things uh not not just the the sexual things for guys and i know guys are listening and we tend to think that but you know what else we crave security another thing we crave is identity another thing we crave is um uh, acceptance and 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 being uh, there's so many things that our bodies crave that drive the way we react and sometimes we have to be reminded through an outsider or an outside source where it's got word or brother in the lord that hey are you grateful that's why paul when he wrote thessalonians he says what be grateful always never cease giving thanks never stop praying and and be, make you know be joyful always so hopefully uh, if you're out there and you're struggling a little bit with your teachability you would remember god's sovereign hand on your life and even listening to this program either through a podcast or live broadcast and just stop in a moment say lord i'm sorry help me to be more grateful thank you for the reminder today i want to get back in your word reveal yourself to me and help me grow out out of this thing so All right, that's a good place to end it. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual